Hi, I'm Samantha of Goddess Awakening. I'm here to hold a safe space and share with you the true and authentic stories of how we got here. Empowering women, elevating for all. All right, welcome back to another episode of Goddess Awakening. This is episode six. Um, I have another guest here today with me. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks Good. for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on today on this wonderful Thursday. It is Thursday. Yeah. We um, So Brian, th- well, there's two Brians that I talk about, so we got to be clear. This is boyfriend Ryan. Um, so he is in Oklahoma City here with me. Um, we actually just got back from a really awesome trip um, in Colorado. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, we had a little bit of everything. Wonderful road trip, uh, awesome concert, some good food with some family and some mountains. It was pretty good, right? Yeah, we got to see uh, Alice in Wonderland, who's one of my all-time favorites. Um, she is a DJ producer, and she also sings and plays the violin. Um, so she's very talented. This is the second year I saw her, but last year I was solo, so this year was a little different. Um, we road tripped up together to... Um, Red Rocks. Red Rocks, yes. My first time ever to that magical venue. Yep. Brian's first time at Red Rocks, so that was really exciting. Um, And then we got to see Allison. It was like, I think it was like low 30s, so it was pretty cold. Yeah, I think by the time we left, I think it said 35, 36 degrees. But, well, it was definitely worth it. Yeah, we stayed bundled up and dancing and crowd around us, so it never felt super, super cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day, Friday the, thir- the 13th, um, we woke up. Oh, sorry. That was that morning. Yeah. yeah. Friday the 13th, Friday was, the 13th the concert. was the concert. Yeah. Woo. We got okay. there Thursday the 12th. That's right. Yeah. Well, Friday morning, we woke up and the concert didn't start till 6. Um, and a bunch of people were doing flash tattoo sales. So we were like, we should do that. And we found a spot um, thanks to the social media and we went and I think we only waited like a total of like two hours or so. And that was in between like getting lunch and stuff. Yeah, it was. I mean, they had a great system. Shout out Nocturnal Tattoo in uh, Wichita or not Wichita, uh, Denver, Denver, excuse me. Uh, um, they had a great system. I mean, we signed up, we did our form. We were able to leave and we came back right in time after getting some lunch. And I mean, we sat basically in a chair with probably 15 minutes later. It was really, really good. Yeah, I got a, a spaceship with a cat inside. So Space Kitty to go along with my DJ name. It just happened that they had this perfect tattoo. And then I also got a hippie ghost. It has like heart sunglasses and a peace sign. I'll, I'll post some pictures whenever we post the podcast. And then what'd you get? I ended up getting a ghost with kind of like a celestial moon star background with some like, I don't know, leaves coming off of it. And then I also got a Darth Vader ghost. I mean, it really works out good too, since my DJ name Geister von Brooklyn, the Geister stands for ghost in German. So I think this will be a cool, fun little thing for us to do every Friday the 13th, go get a new ghost tattoo somewhere. Yeah. I'm trying to catch up with tattoos, so I'm up to five, so big deal, I know. And Brian has infinite uh, amounts. I don't even know how many at this point. I mean, I'm about to be 47. I got my first one when I was 19, so it's a few years ago. Yeah. 
Um, so we got tattoos, we went to the concert and then we woke up Saturday and we drove about an hour, um, to Estes Park, which is where my aunt Patty and uncle Tom live. We stopped in Boulder first. We stopped in Boulder first. Yep. Yes, we Check did. Check that out because I've never been there before as well. Yeah, we got to, to stop at the farmer's market. We actually got to see the uh, solar eclipse. eclipse. Yeah. Everyone had their glasses out. So that was really cool. We got to see that safely, of course. Um, and then, yeah, went to Estes Park, met up with Aunt Patty and Uncle Tom. Um, and then we stayed with them the rest of the weekend, which was really nice. And thank you for hosting us. Um, they cooked us some really good meals. And then Sunday, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park, which is just around the corner from them. Yeah, it's crazy how close they are to it. It's absolutely beautiful there. I mean, it's just like, it's so peaceful. It's like you're almost going backwards in time, being able to be surrounded by all that nature and the awesome animals that we saw too. That was really cool. Yeah, we saw lots of elk, lots of elk. Um, there's a bunch of pictures actually where we're just walking around the, their backyard and there's elk standing, like basically blocking our way to get back to the house. Um, so that's always really cool. Um, we did see some chipmunks and we saw... One ram. A ram slash horned sheep. I'm still confused on what its name is, but it was a ram type creature and that was really cool mm -hmm. um and then what's the noise that the elk make bugling bugling yes yeah that's when the males make that call yes so if you don't know elks make a noise and it's called bugling and i won't make the noise but it's, <laughs> it's uh pretty interesting so um, yeah, I had a great time in Colorado um, and then came back and then Wednesday. So yesterday we got well, we got back Monday. We got back Monday, but we also made that stop in Garden of the Gods in Colorado oh, yeah. Springs. Can't forget Ooh, all that. too. Yeah, we stopped at Garden of the Gods yeah. right outside of Colorado Springs and we hopped around a little bit. Um, giant rock formations, basically. Um, lots of films are shot there so lots of history films and tv shows have used that a lot as a background so stopped there took some photos we got stuck in some crazy traffic apparently a train yeah train. collapsed a bridge yep. to like over the main highway the only highway really to get home um right before pueblo so we actually added like two hours to our trip um basically sitting in traffic uh, but we made it home around 1 a.m. Yeah, that was That crazy. was Monday late. <laughs> and then, um, so yesterday, Brian decided to stop uh, vaping for the first time in how long? Uh, 10 years. I gave up smoking cigarettes 10 years ago to transition to vaping. And progressively over these last 10 years, I've dropped my nicotine levels down to a very low amount. But I've been stuck at that amount for a while. Um, and I felt like yesterday was the right time to finally make that, that jump and quit that last bit. So I'm about approximately what, 28, 30 hours into it. And, uh, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, but I, I know that you're there to help support me. So it's definitely going to make it a lot easier. Um, this time with this, with this, cause I've tried to quit in the past, but this time I'm not saying I'm trying to quit. I'm saying I have quit. 
Um, this time is a lot more physical than mental, I would say. Um, but I think that that's going to be good because the physical stuff will just subside on its own the longer we get away from it, whereas the mental part of it can tend to be a lot harder to quit. So I, I feel very, very optimistic with this. That's why I made the post I did today, 12 o'clock yesterday, 12 p.m. That was my final time of vaping. So here I am. It's awesome. I know it has been a topic of discussion for us many of times. Absolutely. <laughs> As it should. So I'm glad that you decided for yourself to um, make that change. So it's pretty interesting to watch it firsthand. I've seen a lot of people struggle with that more. And I've heard people struggle with um, nicotine and um, cigarettes more than they do like hard, hard drugs. Mm. Um, from my experience and also from people who, you know, work in that field. So... Uh, we will be, uh, we're just taking note on how everything goes and um, learning ways to cope with it and finding ways that help, like the suckers that he got. He's been eating a bunch of suckers. Um, so I've heard gum. Um, we found some, or we heard about some chewing sticks that you can get. Yep, and try those too. Um, a lot of people have told me, um, which maybe not for vaping necessarily, but you can make like herbal roll rollies. So mm -hmm. like with lavender and melanin and different things. Um, so it still gives you something to smoke, um, but obviously without all the harsh chemicals and things. Well, so. you had found those non-nicotine vapes as well. Oh, yes. So I think that might be a good thing in a day or two. I want to try to get past obviously all this physical stuff, but then with the mental part of breaking that habit of putting something to vape on, you know, that'll probably be able to help me get past that part of it as well to break those habits. So, yeah. So we are following this journey along. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. It's going to go great. Um, okay. So that's kind of where we are this last week or so. So mm -hmm. let's talk about, let's talk about you and your life. So um, where were you born? <laughs> Funny enough, I was actually born in Norman, Oklahoma, but I did not grow up here. Uh, my parents ended up getting a divorce just shy of my two-year birthday, I believe it was. Um, so my mom moved back to Connecticut, where she was from, and that's where I ended up growing up most of my life. So so what happened after Connecticut? Uh, I kind of bumped around here and there, kind of was trying to find my way, uh, realized that I was really kind of a lost soul in that moment. And I was making some poor choices and uh, decided that the military was what I needed in my life. It was going to give me that structure. It was going to get me out of where I was at. I was going to be able to see the world because I've always felt kind of like I had wanderlust, like I never could really call one place home. I want to see everywhere. And so I joined the army at the age of 19. And about two weeks later, I was on a plane going to Georgia for basic training. And then Three months, four months later, I was on a plane going to Germany with two duffel bags and uh, ended up staying in Germany for a total of 14 years. 14 years. So were you in the military that whole time? No, I was in the army for eight. And then when I completed my eight years of service, I got out and was working as a civilian on the bases there. Um, the only thing that really kind of ended up forcing me to come back was when they started cutting down on the amount of bases we had in Germany. So I ended up actually being forced to move back to the States in 2010 um, or else I probably would still be there at this point. Uh, I mean, Germany's got a lot of good stuff. It's 
to where I got my start in the music career, you know, with DJing, producing, and it's just, it's a different way of life. And I absolutely loved it. But on the flip side, then I wouldn't be here sitting here today with you doing this podcast if that hadn't happened. So like we always say, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, so you speak, you speak some German, right? Yeah, I, um, on my testing, um, speaking, I'm very high, reading, I'm very high, writing, I'm about medium. So um, absolutely above fluent for it. And it's been kind of cool, you know, at times people always like, like to say they speak a different language, but then when they get called out on it, they can't. But um, we always get surprised, uh, all my friends and you as well, that one time with that, with that one lady in Wichita, uh, get surprised when I just break it down and I am, you know, I love it. I mean, you know, watching movies here in the backgrounds, voices from World War II movies or whatever. It's like, hey, I actually know what the German soldiers are saying in the background, you know. Um, but it's just really cool. And if you really learn the language, it's not as aggressive sounding as most people think. Yeah. So say something cool in German. Das freut mich hier mit euch zusammen bin. Okay. What did you say? I said, I'm very happy to be here with all of you today. It's pretty cool. Yeah. We were dropping off a, or we were helping deliver a foster dog and one of our stops was in Wichita, Kansas, and we met up um, the lady who was going to take the dog on the next leg of the trip. And we pulled up and she had uh, German flags on the front plates of her car. And Brian was like, hmm, wonder if she's German. And he kind of perked up a little bit. And then he greeted her in German. And then they were speaking in German. And that was, when was that? Shoot, I mean, I think that was springtime. Yeah. yeah. So that was the first time I was like, oh he can actually speak fluent German. I really believe it now. So that was pretty cool. Uh, my background, all my family originally came from Germany. I do not speak German, unfortunately. Um, however, going to Germany has been number one on my bucket list forever. So now I know that I waited to go to Germany because now I have someone who can be my tour guide and my translator. Um, so we're planning on making a trip back to Germany. Um, Hopefully next year mm -hmm. is, is what we're thinking. Okay, so you, let's see, you joined the Army. What year was that? 96. 96. Okay, mm -hmm. so when did your, when did you start getting into um, creating your own music? So creating my own music, I got into DJing was 2000. Um, I met up with a buddy of mine, Josh. Uh, shortly after I had moved into a new apartment complex and he was a DJ for a while. And I knew I had always kind of wanted to get into DJing, but something always just kept coming up every time I wanted to like buy my equipment or whatever. And this was finally the time where I said, I don't care. I'm going to do this now. And um, Josh lived on the third floor of the apartment building I was in. I was on the first floor. So I used to be able to go up to his place all the time and practice and uh, he taught me some of the ropes, and then I got involved with uh, a couple of guys that were local DJs in one of the biggest clubs in Germany, and we became good friends. I started hanging out with them. They kind of helped me get into that professional side of the DJing, um, but I also always knew that producing my own music would be something that I definitely wanted to get into, but that took about six more years until I started that, and then in 2009, I actually had my first 
um, track release on a record label. Um, it was uh, actually an official remix of a track called Auntie Auntie. Um, and it did really well, actually, in German club charts. And it was really, really cool to see and to hear other DJs and clubs and stuff playing your music. It's, it's, it's a really cool feeling. You know, it's like I made that and they love it and they want to play it. And then you see the crowd react to it and they love it. So it's kind of this huge, big circle of fun love. Cool. So how long have you been DJing now? Uh, so this January would put me at 24 years. 24 years. Okay. Wow. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, what is your next um, event you'll be playing at? So my next confirmed event is November 25th. And that is probably why I said Wichita earlier. Mm. We were talking about Tattoo Studio because it's at um, the Travel Roots Warehouse in Wichita, Kansas. Um, it's you and I went to that venue up there, you know, and it's it's a beautiful venue sound and production is absolutely top notch and the people who are running it are absolutely amazing people. Um, it's been kind of funny cause you know, Shay and I have talked about playing up there a couple of different times, but something has always conflicted. So now this time, November 25th, that's Saturday, it'll roll into November 26th, that Sunday, which so happens to be my birthday. Um, so it'll be a really, really fun way to, for us to ring in my birthday together and uh, see some friends and have a good time. Yeah, November, we've got a lot of things that we get to celebrate. We've got anniversary. We've got my birthday. We've got our six-month no alcohol anniversary. Mm -hmm. We've got Thanksgiving. We've got Wichita, which mm -hmm. is going to be a lot of fun. We The last show we were at was for when Squidney played. Correct. Yeah, I think that was the fall of last year. Mm. I thought it was spring. I get time team views, so it could have been the spring. But whenever Squidney played, that was when we were there last. Mm. Oh, yeah, it was because that was right around the time I got my phone, my new phone. Yeah. Because those are the first pictures on my my camera roll. That's the only reason I know. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, Squidney played. So we went and saw her. Um, she's actually one of my um, other female DJ friends who um, played at Goddess Awakening. So we went and supported her and got to see the warehouse for the first time. And it's so cool. Um, they've actually revamped and done um, some new things since then. So I'm really excited to go check it out and um, bring some friends from Oklahoma City, maybe some Dallas friends. Um, sounds like a few of our friends from the Arkansas area might come out too. So It'll be like a little little uh, family reunion, Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, yeah. week, birthday, all the things together. Yep. And some um, banging techno to yeah. go along it with it. It is a techno night. So yes. all the music will be techno. Um, my friend Sam Wolf is the headliner that night. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I don't even know. I want to say it was Happy Fest um, last June that him and I officially like linked up Um but really nice guy, and he has really great music. Um, and Mofax also was playing that night. Yep. So David is going to be playing. Um, and I think there's two others. The other two, I believe, are, um, well, I know they're, they're Wichita locals okay. that work with Shay quite a so bit. Two so other, two other guys that are going to be playing. Gets, one is Bryce, and then I forgot the other name, unfortunately. So, a whole night of techno. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we, we already got an Airbnb. We're ready to go. Yes. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, of course, we're not working that weekend, so we don't have to worry about that. And we just get to have a good weekend. 
With no alcohol, of course. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, you know, like when we started that whole no alcohol thing, you know, just shy of six months ago, you know, we talked about it like, oh, we could celebrate then on our birthday, you know, have, have a couple glasses glass of champagne or whatever, you know. And here we are real close to that event. And both of us are kind of just like, Nah, I don't really think I need to. Yeah. The only thing, like I said before, the only thing I'm kind of in the back of my head is like, when we go to Germany, I'm really going to have to have some of those German beers. I don't know. Maybe they have non-alcoholic options at this they point. They do have quite a bit of, even so when I was still maybe there. Maybe it's more for the flavor that I want to try it. Because like, I don't know. It's just like, it's a German beer that's... Anyway, we'll figure it out. But the yeah. problem you're going to run into is if you do that, you're definitely not going to be able to drink a lot of it no. because that German beer is a lot stronger. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, like you said, when we started, it was let's try and do this for six months, which six months will be next month, which is super wild. Um, and I kind of talked about it in my last episode with uh, Madeline, but it's not really that I miss alcohol. There's times where I'm like, man, a Bloody Mary sounds good. But I really just like Bloody Mary for the taste, not the vodka. So, I mean, I can make a Bloody Mary without vodka in it. It's very simple. Yep. So, yeah, no alcohol, no vaping for you. I've never smoked or vaped ever. So, I fortunately do not have to go down the path. But I'm here to support. I will say that'll probably be a difficult time, too, as well. Because that is sometimes, you know, as I'm DJing, I'm, I was puffing on my vape. So, it's going to be muscle memory to my brain. This will, that will more than likely be the first time that I DJ, so without vaping. Right. But, hey, everybody has struggles. Yep. And I'm willing to push through it, so. Let's see. Where are, what are your, some of your favorite female artists since you have been listening to music forever? What are some of female artists? It doesn't have to be electronic. It can be anybody. Obviously, a lot of the female artists I think that I am going to relate more to is going to be an electronic side. But I mean, some of the other ones, too, from further back, I like have crossed over, like definitely something like Nelly Furtado. Um, I mean, her recent collaboration with Dom Dollar was really, really cool. Um, what's funny is she's actually always kind of been involved in the Canadian underground rave scene. She used to be an MC um, for drum and bass way back in the day, which is kind of cool. Um, Alice in Wonderland, definitely somebody who, which is kind of crazy. I never really looked into her until you and I got together, but the more and more that I did listen to her stuff, the more I did really enjoy it. And like you said, I mean, her just being an all around badass with her entire brand. I mean, everything she does just is, it really looks like it's thought out. It's methodical. It's done for the right reasons and it succeeds in the end, which is awesome. Um, Another great female artist when we're talking about techno stuff that I always um, gravitated towards was uh, German female DJ Monica Cruza. Um, she's been doing this for, God, I think if I've been doing it 24 years, she's probably at least 34, 35 years doing it. Uh, I mean, she's played all over the world. She runs her own label. Um, and then, of course, like you and I always talk about She's an overall just a good human being. Um, so she's really, really a great artist to follow. And, you know, she used to play at the club I was a resident at all the time. So I got to see her at least once every three or four months. So that was really cool. Um, I mean, Cheryl Crow. I mean, another wonderful female artist that I love. 
kind of, I guess I am kind of going all over the spectrum with the music. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many that like when you ask me now, you put me on the spot. <laughs> it's kind of hard to think of, but it would be that way with any of the artists. You, I mean, you're getting into this with your DJing and stuff. I love seeing you. You're, you get a little excited when you're, you're DJing and stuff. It's super cool to see you doing it. Um, locally, I mean, we got Desire and Luna and them, which are killing it right now, which is really cool. I love to see that, um, especially, you know, having been side by side with them and some of the other events that I was doing in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really think there's been a lot more of a push to bring women to the forefront. Um, before it used to just be kind of looked at, I feel like, and I'm putting up air quotes, the woman is just complaining that they're not getting booked. But I think that now there's been a lot more recognition of the fact that the women aren't getting the recognition and the bookings and, you know, I won't name what event it was, but I remember you and I both saying, huh, they talk about their relation with the feminine body, but there's almost no females on their lineup. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and, and I am glad because there is, even as you and I got together, I, I thought I had been doing quite a bit to bridge that gap and book a lot of female artists in my event that I was throwing but it really wasn't enough. And then when you started looking, there's so many more that we found that. And more and more people I've seen come up and want to learn. Mm -hmm. And like Lauren, she's learning how to DJ now. Yeah. And she's been in the scene probably forever. Yeah. And she's always supporting all of the artists and all of the shows. And now she's learning how to play herself. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it's also like, hey, I can do this too. Yeah. So that's been really cool to see, especially like I said, in the, in the local scene, we've got... Shannon and Luna and Ostara. Cora. Um, poor, yeah, Cora Waves. We've got, Ruby I mean. and all of them. I mean, yeah, yeah. So many. Yeah. And everyone who's like, there's just not enough out there. I, I can't book any females because there's no female DJs. Yeah. Well, you're just not trying that hard is what I like to say. So I definitely love seeing, um, I love finding the female artists and I love seeing more artists that are coming out and wanting to learn and doing it too. So that's, that's been really cool to see over the last like year in Oklahoma city, especially. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I said, you and I started talking about it and I was like, well, find me more. And I mean, in a matter of a couple of days you had, I mean, you found me a bunch that I had never even heard of star madman. I think oh, was yeah, the we first found her one. Off of SoundCloud. Yep. So it's like, you just got to do a little, a little bit of work and put in a little effort. And one thing I do, I do think, and I give a lot more respect to having this year's journey with you and finding more of these female artists is that I feel like a lot of the female artists, at least here in Oklahoma city are more okay with standing by what they feel like their value is. Um, which I feel like a lot of times you may not see as often on the male side of DJing. Um, hey, you want to play? Sure. I didn't tell you where it was. I didn't tell you if you're getting paid. I didn't tell you what kind of music, you know, where as a lot of the female artists that we've worked with, they're like, yeah, I'm interested, but what's more of the details? You know what I mean? Like they tend to take more of that time to actually make it a lot more 
what's the word I'm looking for? More professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's a breath of fresh air on my side too. So, cause I mean, I'm old school and I come from that professional side. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely give it a lot, give them a lot more respect with the artists that we've worked with. Yeah. And then um, speaking of the Oklahoma scene. So back in the day, if anyone's from here, you have to know about Robotic Wednesdays. Yeah, the so, staple in the city. Yes. Um, I think that ran until like 2014. Was it 14 or 15? I want to say One of those years. 15. Okay, 2015. And then they, made a re- they tried to revamp it at, at another location. It just didn't quite work out. But I think the last ones they did in camps was 15, I think. Yeah. Because I moved out here in 2013, the very end of 13. And I ended up playing robotic a couple of times. So, it, yeah, I think 15 was when they might have ended yeah. at camps. That was back in the day when it was like, I mean, I had just got into like the EDM scene very slowly, like 2000, like 10, 11. And I was in, um, I was at OU. So I was in Norman. So a drive to Oklahoma City was like a big deal if you were in Norman. Um, but I came up several Wednesdays just by myself. Um, Johnny, he would always caught me tickets and my name was at the door. And Good old Johnny Tsunami. Yep. He gave me one of my first chances playing here in Oklahoma yep. City. So. He's in Dallas now, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. he moved back from Houston to Dallas was his last move. And he yep. looks like he's doing great with yeah. his stuff. So. so he was like, at least for me, he was like the promoter for, for that event. And I know there was lots of them, but he was the one that I found somehow on Facebook or something. Um, And then, yeah, you would just go and there would be hundreds of people every single Wednesday. And it was just what you did on Wednesdays if you wanted to listen to electronic music. Um, And then there was the main stage and then there was one other stage. Yeah, it was a little smaller room in the back. They called the living room. And that's that's where I played a few times was back there. But it was also a, a much more different vibe in back there. And I kind of liked it. A lot of times, you know, it was a little more down tempo house. And, you know, we did a vinyl night once there too. So, I mean, it was, it was a different vibe, but it was still a lot of fun. And everybody kind of came back there at some point during the night. So it yeah, was really good. It was a really great spot. Um, vibes are always really good. Um, always felt like a safe space. Like I said, I always would just go by myself, um, make friends while I was there, see a few friends that I had made throughout the weeks. Um, there was always like different themes. I remember the yeah. cat party. I mean, there was all kinds of parties going on all the time. Um, but yeah, the that's actually right around the corner from where we are now, yeah. Camps is. Yep. Um, so it's still there. It's a restaurant. Um, but unfortunately, RIP to Robotic Wednesdays. It was the good old days um, in Oklahoma music scene. Um, but we, some of us are still out here trying to do, you know, do our best. Funny story is with Robotic Wednesdays, too, is, is that one of the founding members that started Robotic, John Bork, um, he way back in the day when when he was producing his stuff under his name, Ghost Effects, um, I ended up getting a copy of a couple of his bootlegs he had done. I think it was probably 2006. And I ended up writing an article on a couple of his bootlegs for a German blog that I wrote a couple of times for. And then when I was moving here, I was looking up the biggest parties. So, of course, Robotic popped up first. And it took probably two years of me being here and having played Robotic a couple of times that it finally put two and two together that John was Ghost Effects. And Ghost Effects, I wrote a couple articles on some of his stuff. So it was like, 
Germany to Oklahoma City, years, probably 15 years in between, 10 years in between. And it just shows that music makes the world a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I didn't really know about electronic music until, um, like I said, 2010, like Skrillex probably, um, Nero, like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. was like my early days of learning about what is this, what is this stuff? And actually today at work, um, I work at a doggy grooming salon and one of the groomers, Angela, was talking about how her son, who I want to say he's like, 10 or 12, mm-hmm. um, he's been getting into electronic music lately. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, and he listens on Apple Music. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to, I literally wrote down a post-it note of just like these artists. And I was like, start start with these. And she sent him a picture. So I'm curious to hear the feedback. Um, but she said, you know, he like loves whenever, it basically was like about the drop in the song, but the mm-hmm. way she worded or the way he worded it was so funny. It was like, I love when it goes boom or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, EDM music, dubstep, because um, dubstep is where where I got into the scene. Um, so that's very near and dear to my heart. Now, dubstep as I know it is different from what it was before me. And dubstep now is a lot more than it was whenever I learned about it in 2010. Um, there's just so many subgenres and sub yeah. subgenres, and you've got like super heavy and super melodic, and it goes all over the board. So me dubstep is dubstep, but dubstep is not dubstep anymore. There's so much variety. Um, and then like we were saying, you play techno and then there's house music and now drum and bass is really beginning to like blow up, at least in the U S it's like, everyone's talking about drum and bass now. So there's just so many, like when people ask, Oh, what kind of music, you know, is this? I'm like, well, if you don't know about electronic dance music, it's kind of complicated to explain to people like all the different parts of it's kind of like, Oh, I listen to country music. But if you listen to country music, I'm sure, which I do not. Um, I'm sure there's lots of subgenres of country music. Like there's like the nineties country music. I feel like that's very different than like, who is Chris Stapleton? Is he relevant right now? I don't even know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, but yeah. you could think of like, say something like Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, she's she like started- pop. She yeah, started, she started in country, country and then progressively got pop country and then went straight into pop. Yeah. So, yeah, music, it's very big and it's really cool. I had some really great moments at the Alice of Wonderland concert. Um, like I said, last year I went by myself and I was in a way different space than I am um, this time around. And I knew certain songs that she would probably play would make me emotional. Um, and I was prepared for that. But then... Um, it was forever. It was, uh, I'll have to post lyrics with it later because I'm not going to sing it and get emotional again. But um, it was one of the first songs that she played. She did play it earlier. And I, out of nowhere, just like burst out in tears. And I was like under my pashmina trying to like wet, hide my tears and wipe them away. And I'm well, like singing and crying. <laughs> um, but it was, it was beautiful because it was like those words that I sing in the car, like every other day probably meant something entirely different and more than I even realized um, in that moment. And it was just like, like I'm closing on my house with my ex tomorrow. Um, and this has been something that has been like a huge weight on my shoulder for many, many, many months at this point. Um, and it was just like the realization that like I'm, 
I'm really moving forward and it's in a direction that I've always meant to be going. Um, so yeah, the concert was really beautiful. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So I'm just really thankful that I get to experience all these, um, live music events and get to be a part of it in my everyday life. And I keep wanting to share with more and more people about, you know, this dance scene that we get to be a part of. Um, yeah, I think music is amazing on how it can bring people together and it can also spark those memories, you know, like just yesterday I started that new thing on my Facebook, you know, page. We remember Wednesdays, you know, and I'm going back. So like this, this week was one of the first songs that I remembered that really pushed me into the scene. And it was a song Elements from Danny Teneglia. It came out in 1997. Um, and I'd already been somewhat into house music earlier than that, but that song was probably what really was like, I love this, that tribal house, that beat, that feeling, the people that are around me now when I'm going to venues for it. And that was it. That's what pushed me 100% into it. And it's, it's amazing. I love it. Music. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think the la- the last festival we went to was Wakan. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I said, we're going to Wichita at the end of next month. Um, we'll likely end up throwing some events over the winter because everyone needs to um, take care of themselves mentally, especially with seasonal depression. And that's something that I know for sure I battle with um, and lots of people battle with. Um, and it's kind of interesting because um, with events in general, not just music events, but with just events in general, there's not a whole lot going on um, in the winter season. Um, so that's something I've been talking about with several people, including um, you, about like, hey, let's let's do something. Let's do a few yeah. things um, to kind of keep the connection going. Um, we talked about doing like a little mini like retreat style event or doing some pop up music things. Um, even if it's just like a small, small place where we can bring, you know, a few people in, then they can just connect with each other. Um, cause that's another thing that's really near and dear to me with goddess awakening is music and then the healing world. Um, and actually at the middle of next month, um, I'm going to be doing, um, a coaching for this event called Evo Revo evolution revolution mm-hmm. and brian signed up a couple of days ago which i'm really excited about so he's gonna be coming more into my my spiritual healing world yeah um that's what i call it because it's hard again to explain if you've never been a part of it um but this is the same group that i've done this online course with before um and then also the same people um jamie and christina and laura um that host the um, retreats that I've been to now, um, twice. So I get to be one of the coaches this time around, which is the first time I'll be taking part in something, um, in that way, which I'm really excited about. So I'm learning about being a coach for people. Um, and Brian will be attending. Um, so that'll be something that will keep us, um, busy in November, well, more busy in November. Um, but it's all just about like communicating and learning how to handle triggers who doesn't and need help with that, Exactly. Right? So, um, small plug here, but if anyone would like more information, please let me know. Um, it is online and it's um, one week starting November 11th. So 11-11, super special day. 
Um, Even more so because it's Veterans Day. And it's Veterans Day. So I do have that circled in my calendar. Um, so let's see. I did want to ask a little bit more, um, since, especially since you brought that up. So that's perfect about, um, being a veteran and your experience now that you are outside of actively serving and, um, kind of what that's looked like for you. Um, so yeah, like I said at the beginning, you know, I served eight years in the army. Um, I was in the infantry everything that I did was pretty much prior to what we call the sandbox. So I didn't go to Afghanistan or Iraq, but I did go in to Bosnia and Macedonia and twice to Kosovo. So I did, I did my fair share of deployments as well on that side. Um, getting out from being in active duty, there, there can't be one way to say what is going to happen to you because everybody's situation is so different. You know, like for me, one of the biggest things I needed was structure when I joined the military. Here I am eight years. I basically have exactly being told what to do every minute of my life. I get out now and now I have to figure that out on my own. You know what I mean? Um, I think what helped me at least in that aspect was I was always, I always strive to be very self-reliant. So I only had to focus on myself. So I, I knew all the things that I needed to do to survive, you know, cooking, cleaning, you know, getting an apartment, all those types of things. Uh, whereas some people really struggle with that because they went straight from, I mean, hate to say it this way, but mommy and daddy straight to the army where, you don't have to pay for your electricity. You don't have to pay for your food. Your housing is, pay, you know, all that kind of stuff is given to you. And here you are then after doing three, four, five, eight years. Hey, right, thanks for your service. And you're thrown out on the street. There's not enough, I think, that's done for veterans to help with that transition. Um, I think I got lucky. Um, a lot of people don't. Um, one of the biggest things with that is that you know, the depression, the PTSD, which, you know, I've battled my entire time since I won't even say since I got out, it was while I was still in. Um, but I recognized it more towards the time of when I was getting ready to get out probably 2002, because I got out in 2003, that I, um, I had a real bad problem with depression. Um, you know, my age, being in the army, um, it was definitely that, ah, oh, you're a dude, suck it up life's hard, you know, figure it out, get to work, you know, but I knew I needed something more. And it took me a long time to finally realize how much I needed help. Um, you know, and I started through therapy. I started being a lot more open to my family and friends. Um, and it wasn't until then that I really, I fully realized how much of an impact and how much of a hold that the PTSD and depression has on your life. Because that is always the one thing that I think I was always able to do was get up and go to work, get my paycheck, provide for my family or myself. Um, so that way I'm not homeless. But then I realized like how much I was blocking off in my life. I wasn't really doing anything with music, uh, you know, my partner at the time, you know, I wasn't paying attention to my family, you know, all those things. And you just don't realize it because I said, oh, I'm okay. I'm going to work. Um, but I don't know. And, and I know this might sound cheesy because it's your podcast, 
But uh, I don't know what exactly it is, but when you and I found each other, it really kind of woke me up even more because I'd already been going to therapy for what at least a year this go around before you and I had gotten together. Um, and I don't know, maybe it was, maybe it was our age difference, you know, or 15 years difference, you know, you're 15 years younger than me that I was like, Oh, I need to keep up with you or whatever, you know? Um, but you have definitely helped open my eyes to a lot more in the world. You know, I mean, shoot, I never would have gone to work on a whole festival with rhythm, dubstep, all that kind of sound. Hell no. And it was one of my favorite festivals I've ever been to. Um, and, you know, and meeting up with a lot more of your, your friends in your circle, you know, especially your spiritual friends, you know, you know, Dustin, especially, I mean, he's a fellow veteran as well and seeing what he's doing and how he is really, it just helped me understand that there's a lot more to life than what I thought there was. And at that point, when I started thinking that way, it was when I think, I was able to handle some of these situations I had going on and a lot better. It's still there. I mean, that, I think that's one of the biggest misbeliefs is that you never get rid of depression. I mean, sucks to say it. It's always there. It's just retraining your brain on how to react to its initial thought. You know, the EMDR therapy helped me with that somewhat. And it's, but it's embracing it, you know, like I told you about in the past, I had my alcohol problem, you know, the way they deal with it in Europe isn't, oh, you're an alcoholic. You can never touch alcohol in your life. No, it's more about training your brain as to why you want to drink. If you drink once a year and it's the anniversary of, say, your best friend committing suicide and you drink till you're blackout drunk one day, you're an alcoholic. Because you're drinking for the wrong reason. Rechanging the way your brain thinks as to why you're thinking some of these things is the way you can get through it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's an anniversary. You know, I, I mentioned it to you a couple of days ago. You know, Dustin passed on away. And knowing how great of a guy he was and how much of a good friend he was, it's not getting depressed over losing him to suicide. It's more thinking, okay, it brought us more closer together, the rest of us, like we have to check in on each other. Um, and it really definitely, we've got the best support system amongst us, but I, we have the worst support system as far as the government and the rest of the country goes. I feel like I've rambled on quite a bit, sorry. No, that's okay. Gives us a good insight of, you know, perspective coming outside of it and why we have things like Veterans Day. And, um, yeah. Well, RIP to Dustin and all of the other lost brothers and sisters from sacrificing their lives for us. Yeah, it's always, you know, the hardest fight is the one you come home to because you never know how it's going to hit you. Or when it's going to hit you. So, but music is a great outlet. Surrounding yourselves with supportive people is a great outlet. Just having that good support system. So, and I'm grateful for you supporting me the way you do. So, well, thank you for sharing. I know that's not the easiest thing to talk about, 
Mm-hmm. Well, we got to end on something good. Yeah, let's do like, that. Like, oh, I, I don't mean good. <laughs> I mean a little something more upbeat, a little happier. Uh, um, I won the, the slot for Backwoods. Oh, yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, we had a, um, we did a road to Backwoods tour in Tulsa and uh, Brian won one of those slots. So he will be playing at Backwoods Music Festival next year in June. Um, it's the sixth, I believe, of June. It's like the beginning of June. Yeah. Um, they moved it from April. Um, because it was so cold. It was cold and rainy the last time. We were literally holding our tents down, which I was already planning on attending, hopefully bringing back our Goddess Awakening yeah. harm reduction space, um, hopefully working the event in some capacity. Um, there's some really great people who um, run that event um, that I'd love to stay connected with and work alongside and learn from. Um, so yeah, you will be playing at Backwoods. Um, and then of course we've got Goddess Awakening coming up um, next October. So you'll, I think you'll probably be playing at that one too. You think? I think so. All right, cool. Um, I'll keep it, I'll keep it uh, blocked off. Yeah. So 10, 10, 24, Goddess Awakening. Um, you hear it here again. Um, okay. So will you give us some of your socials so we can follow you? It's uh, pretty easy because um, even though I'm not the best at using social media, as soon as a new social media platform pops up, I go and grab my artist names pretty quick. Um, so you can find me on Facebook uh, backslash Geister von Brooklyn. That's G-E-I-S-T-E-R-V-O-N-B-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N. Yes, a lot of people like to joke it's one of the longest CJ names in the world, but it's not. Um, and in German, it means the ghost from Brooklyn. So, um, so at Facebook, backslash Geister von Brooklyn, Instagram, backslash Geister von Brooklyn. Um, Twitter or X is actually Geister von B because Brooklyn altogether would have been too long. So I couldn't use that one. And I think you recently made a. TikTok. Oh boy, yeah, that's right. I did. <laughs> you know, here I am, the forty-six-year-old. You know, using the TikTok. You're you're trying to teach me. So he has a TikTok now. He uh, we pull it. Finally up. accepted that it's helpful for. It is connecting with new people, and I find all kinds of really cool music on TikTok and mixes and Snapchat. I'm at New York underscore Ghost. Mixcloud is also backslash Geister von Brooklyn. Soundcloud is backslash Geister von Brooklyn. But TikTok, I can't remember which one. We'll post some links so you can find them. But Geister von Brooklyn, pretty much any platform, you'll be able to find them. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on this episode six. And thanks for having me. Yeah. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Goddess Awakening. Check out our link tree in the description for all our socials and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.